0: Hello there! Welcome to the Good Life with Dawn Richards podcast. This is Dawn Richards, your host, and I am so excited to be back with you. It has been a little while since our last podcast, um, and so I trust that you are doing well. We are in the thick of the holiday season. We just celebrated Thanksgiving, and I pray yours was um, whatever you needed it to be, uh, whether that was you know, traditional Or maybe non-traditional. Mine is typically pretty traditional with family. And I'm thankful for that. And again, I pray that you were blessed. I pray that you got my greetings to you on how thankful I am to you um, and for you. Being on this journey with me and allowing me to share what God gives me for you. And, you know, the goodness of the Lord. uh, Because that is ultimately what i'm called to do and i thank you for allowing me to do it with you and in your life and i trust that the word you receive from this ministry the encouragement the teachings the podcast lessons the you know the ministry um resources that they really are making a difference in your life and i say this probably every time but if that is the case please let me know uh that encourages me and lets me know just how you're being impacted and um you know i look forward to turning up the volume as we finish out 2019 and prepare to enter 2020 an entire new decade a whole new decade as they say and what about the fact that we're in a whole new month we are literally sitting in the last month of the year and when i say to you that the message that i have for you today we're continuing in our intentional living series is going to up the power in your life. It's going to give you exactly what you need to make sure you're finishing this month and this year and this decade stronger than ever. Um, I am not joking. So yes, we, there is more to intentional living. I know we've already covered some really good turf. We've, you know, talked about the importance of pausing and embracing the pause and recalibrating our lives and, and really starting to be intentional about our time and you know, having those those quiet moments, those still moments, being still and knowing, giving ourselves over to the presence of God, and all the benefits that come with that balanced living, less stress. Um, you know, we talked about leaving the pressure behind, and especially now that we're in this holiday season. Um, but it applies, you know, at any moment in life because. Sometimes things come up in our lives seemingly out of nowhere, and we have to choose how we're going to respond. You know, we can't necessarily always control what does or doesn't occur, but what we can control is our response to it. And God has equipped us to respond in faith. He's equipped us to respond, so the victory always continues to rest securely in our laps, the victory that Jesus has already obtained, and he's calling us to maintain. So, with that bless you thank you for being here again thank you for listening tuning in telling friends families your networks sharing the podcast rating the podcast um, leaving me comments hashtagging us on social media if you get something juicy and you want to kind of share it on your own just you know hit that hashtag the good life of dawn richards or intentional living something like that so we know that we're all kind of in this together And um, with that, we're going to jump into today's lesson and today's message. And what we're talking about is taking control of your life. Taking control of your life. You know, um, most of us have probably at some point in time felt like our lives were out of control. You know, maybe that was, you know, a financial matter a relationship matter, um, a spiritual matter, a uh, personal matter, whatever it looked like. Um, I think we've all, you know, felt that way. Even if, even if it wasn't completely, sometimes things just have a way of ramping up that proverbial turning a mole, a mountain into a molehill or a molehill into a mountain, kind of going from zero to 60 or zero to a hundred. And it doesn't always give us a warning. And often, in fact, most times when things happen, To throw us off or we've just been in a way of existing in a pattern of living that has finally caught up with the results that come with that those types of decisions and those you know that way of living then we feel like oh my gosh I'm out of control what am I going to do about that and so I have good news for you today we're gonna learn exactly what to do um, to take control of our lives and again You may be asking, well, what does that really mean? Are you talking about me getting my finances in order? Are you talking about me repairing a broken relationship? Are you talking about me kicking a bad habit? Are you talking about me pressing past a difficulty or a barrier? Um, I would say to that that all of those could be ultimate end results, but what we're really talking about is the source of lasting positive change. And that comes from two distinct yet interrelated origins. And we're going to talk about those two things that are going to absolutely, resolutely help you take control of your life, wherever you are today, wherever you may be next year, five years down the road and 10 years down the road. These are eternal principles that apply to life. They are life tools, life tools wisdom how life works you know sometimes so much of people's lives being out of whack and out of order and out of control it's not because they're bad people it's not because they don't love God it's not because they don't want better for themselves you know a lot of times it's because they simply don't know how life works and sometimes we don't know how life works in certain ways in certain areas and so Unfortunately, ignorance isn't always the most forgiving. In fact, the Bible tells us in Hosea 4, 6 that my people perish for lack of knowledge, i.e. ignorance. So what you don't know can absolutely hurt you. I know a lot of times we say ignorance is bliss and what I don't know won't hurt me. Uh, No, the Bible says different. It says actually it can and will hurt you. And so it's incumbent upon us to become students of the word, to become students of life, And to understand what real life the good life which is what we're all about abundant life the life that jesus came to give us really consists of and then to get in the flow glory to god so god doesn't want it to remain a mystery maybe it's a mystery up until a certain point but once you become born again once you're Born into the family of God, into the kingdom of God. And Jesus lives on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is living in you and guiding you through each day. And Jesus is on the throne of your heart. And the Heavenly Father has received you as his very own. Which all that takes is you receiving Jesus as your very own. (laughs) Glory to God. Then you are open to all the wisdom of heaven. All the glory of God to shine on your path. To enlighten your darkness to lead you, to guide you into all truth, and to show you things to come, to show you what you need to know. So no, we don't live in the dark. We're not children of the dark. We're children of the light. We live in the light. We abide in the light. We seek the light. God gives us light. He is light. And that is our life. Glory to God. And so the light is coming to us today to teach us And in some instances, for those of you who may already know this, as we start to get into the lesson, you may say, "Okay, I know that. But then it's a matter of are we doing what we know? Because the Bible says the blessing comes from being a doer of the word. Over in James, it tells us it's not just hearing, but it's being a doer. And that's when you're blessed. So if you're hearing it for the first time or if you're hearing it for the 10th or 50th time, it really doesn't matter it's going to bless us. It's going to take us higher. It's going to lift us. It's going to sharpen our tool belt. It's going to give us that spiritual oomph, that wisdom, that sensitivity, that precision. Listen at this, that intentionality, because we're talking about intentional living. That will continually take us to where God is calling us into all he has for us. Glory to God so with that being said let's discover what they are and let's take control of the out of control areas of our lives now i want you if you haven't already to go ahead and grab your bibles grab a notepad grab something to write with your phone your you know your journal whatever you might want to take notes with um again i always say this for the benefit of those who may be listening for the first time If you are driving or if you're operating machinery or you're doing something that isn't conducive to you getting your Bible, it's okay. This recording is going to be available to you beyond now. You can come back. You can listen as many times as you want. I want you to download it. In fact, I want you to download it. I want you to share it. I want you to just continue to feast on it. So it's okay. Just listen. And when you have the time, you can always go back with your Bible and with your notepad, and you can go more deeply into the study. So, in Romans 8, we're going to look at verse 6 first. And here, and I'm just framing this for us before we dive into each, each of these. But it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's in Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 6. And then another place, the scripture says in Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So, our words and our thoughts are the two major avenues for taking control of our lives. See, in both of those scriptures, it gives us two cycles. Two cycles that we have to choose, whether it's pertaining to our thoughts or whether it's pertaining to our words. Because back over in Romans 8 and 6 again, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And a carnal mind is simply a mind that is at enmity with God. It's a mind that is against God. It's a fleshly mind. It's a, you know, yeah, it's a fleshly mind. It's it's contrary to the mind of God or the mind of Christ. To what God thinks is best and right. And reveals as right and good and best. But... You don't have to stay stuck there because to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So can you see the drastic dichotomy there? Can you see that this one way of thinking, this one mindset, this one way of thinking and perceiving and, and doing these things with your thoughts and your thought life can lead you down this dark, dank, distant, deathly path? Because it says it's death. But on the other hand, there's life, glory to God, in abundance to the full till it overflows, the good life. And there's peace, wholeness, shalom, where nothing is missing and nothing is broken. And then over where it concerns our mouths, it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue. And they that love it, whether it is death or it is life, and you determine whether or not you love it, you may say in your mind, oh, I don't love death, but your words and how you use your words are bringing that death cycle to pass in your life. And so by by default, you do love it or life. If you love life, you'll eat the fruit of it. So we've got to decide if we're going to select the death cycle or we're going to select the life cycle. And we choose. That's the great thing about it. God has made us the decider. We're free moral agents, meaning God honors our right to choose. He honors our right to choose him first and foremost. He honors our right to reject him. Now, everybody knows. (laughs) Actually, everyone doesn't know, but everyone should know that choosing him is a no brainer. It is the choice that you want to make. If you don't make any other choice while you're in this earth, the most crucial choice you will ever make is not who your man is or who your woman is. Or what kind of money you're going to make if you take this job or that job or which house you're going to buy. No, that is not the ultimate choice. The ultimate choice is choosing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And then out of that flows everything else that pertains to life and godliness. So we choose back to what I was saying here. Whether we're going to flow with the death cycle in our thoughts and in our words and guarantee that our lives will remain out of control and in a downward spiral, or whether we're going to choose the life cycle. You know, when I go to wash my clothes, like many of you, you probably have, you know, a washer and a dryer that gives you multiple options. Because they want to make sure that they get the cycle right for the garment that you're cleansing and cleaning, you know, for the the rigor and the, the, the vigorousness you want that cycle to operate in. You know, you may want something gentle and you may want the water to be tap cold versus you want it to be, you know, echo cold. You know, my, my, my washer has all these all these options, um, you know, your clothes. Maybe, you know, maybe you want the damp setting on the dryer versus, you know, the permanent press cycle. You know, there are all these cycles. But guess what? The net of it all is I have to choose the cycle and whatever cycle I choose, it flows. So once I press that button and I say, okay, today I want the gentle cycle because I'm doing lingerie or I want the heavy duty cycle because I'm doing linens. Whatever cycle I choose, the manufacturer left to me. Then that's the cycle that's going to take effect. So I think that point has been made. Praise the Lord. We're going to move on. But we're talking about two avenues here for taking control of our lives. And these are the avenues the word of God has given us. God himself has ordained to govern our lives and to make sure That we live the best lives possible. And that's our words and our thoughts. So let's talk about the power of our words. We're going to start with words. Because I want you to hear this. And you may want to write this down. Words impact everything. And I have that underlined. Everything that makes up your life. You you can't get married without words. When you get married, what happens? What constitutes your marriage? It's the exchanging of what? vows, which are what? words. And then there's a marital what? contract. Solidifying before God and man along with those vows, your covenant. Your marriage covenant. You can't buy a house without words because guess what? That contract consists of that you're signing. And if you're getting a mortgage to finance that house, guess what that consists of? So there's very little to anything that we do in this life that doesn't involve our words or words. They make up everything. That makes up life and how can I say that so boldly okay I hear your little example Dawn I hear you talking but how can you really say that it makes up everything well I'm glad you asked what I always do is I go back to the original intent and where can we find the original intent about life we find it in Genesis chapter 1 and there The Bible teaches us by showing us exactly how God does and did what he does to create this world, this earth that we live in. And he didn't do anything other than speak. He used his words. And as he used his words, the Bible says that the spirit of God hovered and it began to create. And it began to establish and bring into existence the things that God was saying. So when God looked out and he saw darkness, he decided he didn't want darkness. He decided he wanted light and he wanted his creation to have light. So he said, let there be light. And the Bible says, and there was light. There was day and there was night. And it goes on to teach us and to show us step by step with the creation of how God's words framed and formed everything that is. Let there be a firmament in the sky. Let there be, you know, waters. Let there be. And then finally, 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 the big buildup. He's got everything set and he gets to the end and he says, let us create man. Hallelujah. That's where you and I come in. In our image. Jesus and Holy Spirit in our image, we're creating this species called man. And then he breathed into man the breath of life. Literally, he made man another speaking spirit just like him. So what made him God, which was the ability to speak and create, he downloaded into Adam, Adam, man. The father of the mankind species. And Adam was able to call the animals and name them. And speak and declare and it be so. That is our DNA. That's how this thing all got started. And that's how it will always be because it is God's way. So we have to wise up and make sure that we don't misuse this power that we have, because we've already seen we can use it right or we can abuse it and use it wrong. But we will be. The ones to suffer or benefit accordingly. So God designed life this way and intended for us to use our words, listen, to rule, to reign, And create heaven on earth. How about some heaven on earth today? I think I'll have a platter of that. Glory to God. Satan, however, tries to convince you to use your words against instead of for yourself. See, he knows the ropes. He knows how this thing works. He can't do anything about it. His power is stripped. He tried it and he got cast down because he's not in the God class. He's in the angelic class, meaning we have authority over him. Always have and always will. But he tried to usurp himself stupidly over God and he found out that that was not the best idea. So we have to be wise, smart hear this intentional you're gonna keep hearing me say it about our words what we're saying not just once but what we say over and over and over because our words matter did you know that your words are actually spiritual containers that carry life or death we just saw that in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 And when we give great attention and commitment to the words that we speak, once again, when we are intentional about the words we speak and and I tell you, this is a lifetime commitment that takes focus and intentionality because it's easy to just say what you're feeling, even if it doesn't line up with God's word. It's easy to say what you see with your natural eyes. Although the word of God has told you to set your sights on the answer that it provides. That answer may not yet be visible, but it's nonetheless real. And the more you speak it, then you love it and you eat the fruit thereof. Isn't that what the Bible told us in Proverbs 18, 21? So if you're seeing sickness and disease in your body, in the body of maybe your child or someone that you have authority over, as a you know, your child or yourself or a loved one, you don't want to speak that. You want to speak the greater thing. See, they're spiritual containers, so they're holding something and they're depositing something. And what you want to do is take the power that exists in your tongue. And you want to cosign, you want to establish, you want to authorize, you want to permit, allow, endorse the greater thing that is the God thing that is the word, not the circumstance, not the pain, not the disappointment, not the feeling, because that is The natural carnal realm where Satan dwells and he's simply trying to distract you. He's simply trying to pull you off course, pull you into that death cycle, into that low life where he lives. But we refuse that. We refuse him. We bind him. That's one thing we do. And then we flow on with God and what he's saying to us. And we keep that word before our eyes and in our hearts. So, we can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So, it becomes second nature glory to God to speak out our freedom, to speak out our deliverance, to speak out our healing, to speak out that God loves us no matter what the circumstance or situation may be trying to tell you that is a lie, to speak out that you're wealthy. That you lack nothing, that your family is blessed and secure and that love prevails in your household. That your children are safe and covered by the blood of Jesus when they go to and fro and no evil will befall them and on and on and on. Because what did God do? He saw the darkness, but he called light. So what are you going to call? Glory to God. So when we are intentional about our words and we allow them to only agree, only agree with what God has said about you, then you can begin to reclaim victory. Yes, it is possible to come up out of that low place, to come up out of that defeated place, to come up out of that depressed place, that poor place, that lonely place. It's possible because all things are possible with God and all things are possible to those who believe. And we begin to reclaim our victory. No, I refuse to live like this. I'm a I'm a heir of God. I'm an heir to the throne. This is not how royalty lives. This is not how royalty thinks. And you cast off those lies from the enemy and you start to walk in your inheritance and you reclaim that victory and you start to see things in your life turn around. Glory to God for your benefit. For your benefit. I want you to start getting a mindset that things are supposed to benefit you. You're not in this life to be pitiful, poor, busted and disgusted called child abuse if God were going to save you and then leave you to those devices no he's equipped us the Bible says he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness meaning that's what he wants for us that's why he gives us these gifts of authority and power to speak out And to change situations and circumstances to change the out of control areas of our lives to establish heaven on earth glory to God so we want to speak life every time you open your mouth you want to be conscious of speaking life because the alternative we've already seen is what death there's the death cycle or the life cycle so which will you choose Listen at some of these scriptures. Proverbs 12, 14 tells us that a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. You will be satisfied by the fruit of your mouth. See, Proverbs 18 said the power of life and death is in your tongue. And oh, I'm so glad he said that. I'm so glad he said it's in my tongue and it's with my mouth that I can be satisfied by the good of the fruit of my lips, because that means he didn't leave our destinies to chance and in anybody else's control. But our very own, nobody can make you miss or forfeit what God has for you. Nobody can speak over your life and have it be so. Only you can do that. Unless they are lining up with what God has said. Now, if it lines up with God's word, then speak on, brother. Speak on, sister. But if somebody's trying to come in and wreck up something and speak some foolishness. Oh, no, we have authority over that. The power of life and death is in my tongue. I say I'm healed. So I don't really care what you say. I say I'm blessed. What you say matters not. I say I'm forgiven. You have no say. And on it goes. You are The profit of your life. And you need to take it seriously. Don't leave things to chance. Don't wait to see what the day or the year or the decade will bring. You take authority with your mouth and you establish that thing. You decree it so it can be established unto you. You hear me? Okay. And the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. Proverbs 12, 14. Mark 11:23. 23. Jesus is speaking here and he says, For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now, if Jesus here and God, the father in Genesis one, and then again, in John chapter one, verse one tells us that everything begins with the word and how important it is to speak out. To create the life that God has called us to. Then how much more convincing do you need that your words actually matter? That it indeed does take all that because so many people say, oh, you're so deep. Girl, you just too spiritual. You think you all that. You just you, you're so spiritual, you know, earthly good. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they're wondering why they can't shake the addiction or the defeat or things keep going the way they would prefer them not to go. There's no mystery, child of God. God has shown the light. And we have to either step into the light and embrace what he says as the final authority, not what we think about it, because it doesn't matter what you think about it. It doesn't matter what I think about it. All that matters is what God has said, because that is ultimately the truth. In fact, he said, let God be true and every man a lie. Meaning any man that has anything to say that doesn't that doesn't agree with what I've said, they're a lie. Doesn't matter. Null and void. Ignore. So you saw Jesus ignoring people in the Bible and I'm all about that. Ignore. Honey, I can ignore some folk. I can ignore some stuff because sometimes that's what you have to do to stay in faith and to keep your focus on where God has called you to be. And when the foolishness got started, Jesus ignored it. He's not going to waste his time on that. He already knows the deal. You already know the deal. Glory to God. If you care to get in the word of God to see what God is saying to you. And wants for you and is made available to you and I believe you do here did you read and see how Jesus emphasized saying three times as much as he emphasized believing isn't that something that should tell us something he says I say unto you whoever says one to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, two, will be done. He will have whatever he says, three. So he emphasized saying three times as much as he emphasized believing. Yes, we believe, but it doesn't end there. Oh, I believe the Lord wants me to be blessed. I believe the Lord wants me to have a good family. I believe the Lord wants me to have a good job. Yeah, I believe I believe. Okay, but that's not the end. Remember, I've taught you already that faith is in two places. It's in the heart and in the mouth. So that's part one. But let's finish it. Let's close the deal. And how do we do that? How do we release? our belief and make it active and and fertile and powerful. We speak it. We say something. We speak life. We say what God has said. Bless the Lord. James three, verses three through six. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder whenever the pilot, wherever the pilot desires. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. So here the Bible is saying, If we get our words right, everything else falls into line because he says, if you don't stumble in word, you are a perfect or complete man and you are able to bridle your whole body or your whole existence. And then he goes on to give us an example about this big horse. This animal, this beast. But with a little bit in the mouth. You can literally control their whole body. Similarly with a ship. A huge ship out to sea, being driven by winds. But you take a small rudder and the pilot can now take it wherever he desires. So what is the lesson in that? It says, even so, the tongue like the bit, like the rudder, is little. It's a little thing. It's a little red thing in your mouth. But oh, it boasts great things. Oh, the power it has to get the job done. Glory to God to bring the out-of-control things into control and perfect alignment with God's will which is always good and glorious. So I am believing God that we are going to be some faith, walking, Bible talking believers like never before. No, we are not going to sit by and let life dump on us while we act dazed and confused. Oh no, but we will. Take the authority given to us in our tongue. We're going to choose the life cycle. We're going to let it rip. And we're going to continue to let it rip until that thing has been brought into perfect alignment with what God has promised and said to us. Can you get with that? Hallelujah. Intentional speaking intentional living glory to God now I'm going to pick up next time on the thought life so you've got to come back for part two and we'll dive into our thought life then but you've got your homework you know what you need to do and you can start making monumental strides right now simply By changing what you say to agree with what God has said. By making sure that your words are in line with God's words. By choosing life. By speaking life. Fill your heart up with good things. Matthew 12 talks to us about our hearts. I'll say this in closing. And it tells us that. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. And so if you want to speak out and then he goes on to tell us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you've ever tried to figure out what a person was all about and, you know, have discernment, so to speak. Discernment is not something spooky way off that only sister Christian, super spiritual can tap into. No, God shows us people. He lets us see people for who they are. And, you know, the primary way that he does that is by allowing us to listen to what they say, because people will tell you who they are much faster than you ever cared to believe and typically it doesn't take a lot of iterations if your ear is trained to listen i have picked up on deceptive people shady lying people that had no good in their hearts and no good intentions for me and you know what i did i cut it off and i'm talking about this is after one dinner because as you tell me how you roll in your life you're letting me know that you are. You are or you are not a person of principle, integrity, honor. And you'd be surprised what you can learn about people just by listening to what they say, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And they may want to try to cutesy it up with a LOL. But no, if you hating on me and you're jealous or whatever the case may be, and ultimately and vice versa, if it's in your heart to someone else, it's going to come out. And then depending on the relationship in the scenario, yes, you make the prayerful judgment as to what has to occur there for you and what's best for you. I'm typically talking about in that scenario when you're just getting to know someone and you're trying to determine if it's worth the investment. Uh-uh, just listen. Eureka. And you'll learn a lot before you jump into a business deal with someone. Listen. All of that. God is giving it to us so we can be wise in this earth and we can move wisely. And then of course you just pray and ask him to show you and reveal things to you. But when you hear people saying things, it's because it's in them. It's in them. If they never have a kind word to say to you, that's because it's in them. That hatred and that bitterness is in them. That's not a oops, I'm sorry. But yet that's all they ever give. Now, we all have bad days. We all have times when we blow it and miss it. Yes. Amen. And hallelujah. There is none perfect walking around that I know. But. If the theme. Of a person's life and words is negative, hateful, jealous, bitter, salty, Sour, complaining, griping, never grateful, never thankful. Everything is me, me, me. God is nowhere on the scene. That's because that's in them. That's who they are. And Jesus said, you'll know a tree by the fruit it bears. By actions and by words. And most people tell you who they are very quickly. And then they'll show you after that. And the wise Doctor Mayangelo said, "When they show you the first time, it behooves you to believe them." We're not going to be team dump on me twice, three times, four times going into 2020 and beyond. No, we're going to be team pay attention, listen to the Holy Spirit, pray, get the mind of God. Open our eyes and be smart and curb the foolishness because ain't nobody got time for that. So thank you for listening. I pray that you have gotten something from today's message that you are stirred up to continue to order your life by ordering your words in line with God's word. And that you are ready to take this world by storm and they haven't seen anything yet because you're getting ready to unleash your faith in proportions that you've never done before. Why do you think I'm so, so geeked up on power confessions? Because I know the power of the tongue and you can intentionally create the life that God has called you to live through your words. So child of God, stay strong, stay close to Jesus. Make sure you stay tuned for the next part of this lesson, part two on thoughts. And until then, God bless you and thank you for listening.